anybody can bring home the bacon. I just happen to be able to do it with my bacon. Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of Power Play. My name is Jim Jones. And I'm Peter Street. And we have another great show for you tonight. So why don't you go ahead and run down the topics for today's show, Peter? All right, well, this episode 5 segments are going to entail more retro uh, topics. We're going to discuss, first of all, a personalized history of Sega. Basically, uh, Jim and I are going to recount some of our most fond and personal memories, our dear memories, of our experience with the various Sega machines. I personally, and I'm sure Jim probably feels this way too, that uh, personally I feel that Sega is one of the greatest contributions to the industry that has ever existed. Eh, they're good. Good. Yeah, I, I think they're fantastic. In a lot of ways, if you trapped me into a corner and, you know, tortured me until I told the truth about how I feel about video games, I'm not sure that I that I wouldn't say that Sega is my favorite company. Ooh, I was going to say they're no Nintendo. Yeah, I, I don't really feel that way about it. But anyway, we're going to run down memory lane and remember Sega, but from our own personal perspective. Yeah. And uh, just give some of the uh, memories that we were fond of as we saw it going through the Sega generation. Growing up with all the Gr- different Growing up Sega with Sega. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. After this segment, um, we'll be, once again, discussing what we're playing, which we like to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, telling everyone what uh, is on our current plate when it comes to our games. And at the same time, this is more or less our review segment since we don't actually give ratings and number reviews. We like to at least talk about what we think about our current games. Our final segment will be Would You Rather. It's basically a segment where we take a game, usually one that's terrible, (laughs) and we give the option basically more or less what would you rather do than play an abundance of this game. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different this week, but uh, that's pretty much our show segments this time. All right, well, let's get into our first segment. Okay, well, we're going to take these uh, one at a time on the different consoles, different Sega consoles uh, through the generations. Start with one of the earliest Sega uh, consoles, which is the Master System. Yes. Uh, I have very limited experience with this console, actually. I played... Maybe a couple games on it. My cousins had it way back in the day, and uh, right, right. when I had the NES, I had the better system. <laughs> yeah. But uh, whenever I'd go over there, I'd play it. And <laughs> one of my favorite games to play was Altered Beast. That is one oh, of the yeah. greatest Altered Master Beast. System ever, games ever. Yeah. That was a fantastic game. That was awesome. And the fact that you could turn into all the different animals or different monsters are not really animals. They're creatures. Yeah, like werewolves. Yeah, really wolves a, and, like, fish, monster, monkey really. tail, 
uh, I don't know what it was. It was freaky though. Yeah. But it was cool because you kept powering up, and power ups are awesome, by the way. Any game with a power up is a okay. What are the objectives? Kill a bunch of guys. It's a side scrolling beat 'em up game where you just go through and beat up different bosses. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Kind of like Double Dragon and. Yeah, yeah. Games like that. Yeah, except this one has cool power ups that turn you into creatures. It's pretty sweet. Sounds cool. You have any memories of the Master System yourself? Oh, the Master System. I never owned one either. I, unlike you, though, I, I didn't know anyone who had it. My experience early on with the Master System basically came in the form of me eating uh, at the local Pizza King hmm. restaurant. I don't know how they do this across the nation, but... At this particular Pizza King, it had a setup that I thought was second to none awesome. Each booth was equipped with its own game system. Hmm. And not only that, but you were brought your drinks. They brought your drinks out by a waitress? No, by a train. <laughs> a train set was set up throughout the entire pizzeria, and it basically delivered all your beverages on the train. And way back in the day, they had master systems. This was actually back during the uh, Genesis era, too. Oh, yeah. During the 16-bit era, but they still had master systems. Must have cost them a lot of money to put that in. Oh, man, I guess, because, the I mean, they're cheap. They're cheaper today, but this yeah. was back when they were hundreds of dollars per system. Yeah. They had a Genesis in every other booth. They had Nintendo in every other booth. You know, they had a, it was an equal mix between Genesis, Nintendo, okay. and Master System. Wow. So it was unheard of. It was where I first played Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> we'll get into that later, I guess. That is not a story you would hear today. I first played my, I played my first video game sitting in a pizza joint, playing it on a screen in the booth. You did not hear that You'll today. never, you nip no. No. Hell no. Those days are gone. Oh, yeah. Which is why it's such a sacred memory for me. They had a $600 PS3 in every booth. <laughs> <laughs> First played Metal Gear 4 in a pizzeria. <laughs> they went bankrupt a week later. <laughs> Fragged my first fucker in Halo 3 and Pizza King. <laughs> nope, not going to happen. I wish, but yeah. that's where I first played Master System. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the game that I was playing, but it reminded me a hell of a lot in its design like um, Kid Icarus. Oh, really? It was a guy with wings, and he was flying around. It was clouds, but it was not that game. It was definitely Master System. You sure you weren't playing the NES at one of those booths? Oh, uh, <laughs> distinctly remember, because I, I had an NES at the time. Oh, yeah. I hadn't got my Genesis yet. That was to come shortly. It's probably the, the following year that I got the Genesis system, but I, I owned the Nintendo, thought it was awesome, but, you know, obviously when you're a gamer and a kid, you wouldn't mind having all the systems. Bring The more the merrier, you sure. know. So I played the Master System, and I was I really was amazed, because whatever game it was, it was a ton of fun. It was just a lot of fun. And, you know, maybe that was added to by the fact that I was surrounded by trains delivering me drinks and, <laughs> and endless flow family of pizza. fun and pizza everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That probably added to the great pleasure of that day. But, maybe a little. But the Master System, whatever game it was, was really good. It was, it was a lot of fun. I can't, I don't have any clue what it was now, but 
later on I got a Master System emulator, played um, a game that I looked up on uh, Wikipedia just to go through memory lane. It was a ton of fun. It was called Wonder Boy, and it's a very famous series. Some of our listeners, probably a lot of our listeners, may even be avid fans of the series. There are tons of these games. They're, they range from the, uh, you know, the Sega Master System to Game Gear to arcade to various PCs. Um, these games are everywhere, but they're kind of a mixture between your Zelda and your Mario with the platforming, but it's it's kind of in its unique universe where you're this kid who can transform into into dragons and or actually lizards and hawks, tigers, lions, piranhas, and basically each form has its own advantage. Yeah. Um, piranha, obviously, you can swim the water with the hawk. You can fly as a you know, as a as the uh, lizard man, you shoot fire, and that reaches longer than your normal sword strikes. So it it really has an epic feel to it. The one I played starts in the final dungeon of the game before it, <laughs> facing the final boss. So you probably don't want to play the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would definitely say play the prequel, so you know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Because I had no idea, but it seemed pretty epic. And I played the game. It's very, very much, uh, in a lot of people's minds, a competitor to, you know, some of the games that that changed the industry forever, like Mario, Zelda. You've got your your heart containers is obviously your life, very much like Zelda. But it's uh, it's just a blast to play. It's a lot more arcade Mm -hmm. in the way that it's structured than those games. It's... uh, Definitely shorter than those games, but it, it has a it has a hell of a lot of ingenuity shoved in there. Yeah, and I thought you know that the Master System really would have been excellent if they just you know had had a little bit more support. That's basically all I can say about the system since I've never owned one. Okay. Myself. Yeah, I don't think we have too much to talk about the Master System because neither of us had one. Uh, after talking about it, though, I believe I'm going to find an emulator. Oh, yeah. And, uh, find I'm the real thing. Screw emulators. Well, yeah. I might. Do you have any idea how much they're going for on the uh, it eBay? It can't be more than 15 bucks. Really? Uh, they're cheap, yeah. wonder how much the cartridges are. Probably not that much either. I'll just, I'll fucking get one. Why not? I'm going to buy a Master System. Get a retro a, console. I'm going to get a retro console. We're going to have a... We'll have a we'll do a hardcore retro party. Awesome. We'll play nonstop. Then we'll review everything we did cool. on the show on one of our future podcasts. Sounds good. All right, we'll do that definitely. Dig into the to the meat. The meat of the retro. The retro meat. The retro meat. All right. The, ba- the bacon, if you will. The bacon. Let's move into. Uh, the Sega Genesis, which we have much more experience with. Or yes. at least you do. I actually never even owned a Sega Genesis. No, that's just sad. It, it is sacrilege. It's blasphemy. How could I not have? This is, Folks, this is how you know this show is completely authentic and genuine. Any other podcast out there would totally fake yeah. this and pretend that they 
owned the Genesis on launch day, <laughs> stood in line for it, and played every game to completion. But no, here we have Jim Jones confessing the unconfessable. I confess. Never owned a Genesis. Actually, I had it on launch day. I owned every game for it. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just edit that first part okay, out. Okay, yeah, that's gone. Anyway, no, <laughs> you're right. I never had a Sega Genesis. My cousins did. They were the Sega fans of the family. And uh, I went over there and I played it a lot. Played Sonic. Played several of the Sonics. So you played key titles. I played some of the big titles, yeah. And, uh, yeah that's good. Least. Just never had one. I, I was an NES kid. Or a Nintendo kid. NES, Super NES. Yeah. You know, I've, I must say... I can remember the situation that brought about me getting a Sega Genesis, because I did own one. Owned it, played it, loved it. For years I had that, and it was just uh, uh, an amazing turn of events that, that might be also equally unbelievable to our listeners. Really? I was able to get a Genesis. Now, Genesis came out prior to Super Nintendo. But before then, it hadn't caught fire. There was no Sonic. There weren't a lot of key titles. No killer app to be found. And the Super Nintendo came out, and I immediately got one. Wanted it bad. My dad brought it in. I played Super Mario World like it was the sacrament (laughs) of Christ, and it was just amazing. I played it constantly. I mean, I'll never forget that experience of first beating Super Mario World. It was just it's still my favorite Mario Brothers game. It's great. But after a while there weren't a lot of games coming out right initially after the Super NES came out. I was tired of waiting. And I had been seeing commercials about this thing called Sonic the Hedgehog and the the commercials were so much hipper than Nintendo commercials. Sonic is cool. And cooler than Mario. He came across cool he came across as more fun yeah. and exciting sure. than anything you'd get on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And I bought it, you know, I was like I was getting into it. And it was funny because uh, my brother actually came in and said, You know, you don't have hardly any games for this thing, this Super Nintendo. Why don't you just get us I hear all kinds of stuff about Sega Genesis. <laughs> And I was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. The Super Nintendo is still more powerful. You know, I was trying to be a Nintendo fanboy, yeah. even though I kind of was surprised that he even knew anything about video yeah, games. And you agreed with him. And I kind of agreed with him. <laughs> so I didn't want to come across as, you know, I wanted to know more. Sure, yeah. So I defended staunchly my Super Nintendo. <laughs> Two weeks later, I did not have a Super Nintendo anymore. Really? Yes. You got rid of your Super Nintendo? We took it back. Wow. We took it back to the store, and this was way before you had these 90-day return policies and everything. I'd had the system for fucking, you know, six months. I got to say, that was stupid. (laughs) Considering (laughs) the Super Nintendo's library, that was pretty stupid. Uh, (laughs) This is a show about Sega. Yeah. And it's all all true. Yeah, at and, you know, uh, you, you might be right. <laughs> oh, I'm right. I'm right, dress me. I'm pretty sure you are, but, um, yeah. I, I said, okay, I've already defeated Mario World. Yeah. I've been there, done that. That was unforgettable, but I want to move on. 
You know, I'd played a number of other games, rented games, and yeah. I'd experienced some other of what the Super NES had to offer at that time. And I, I just felt that it would be a good move, and I, I wanted something different and new. And I, I sold my Super Nintendo. Actually, we took it right back to the store, got got full in-store credit, and we turned around we bought a Sega Genesis. Wow. So here's this black, and it's a black yeah. console. It's the dark side. Wicked. <laughs> I felt like I turned to the yeah. dark side. I kind of felt empty, too, because I beat a couple levels of Sonic. It was neat and everything, but it, it wasn't as deep as Mario yeah. World by by. Damn sight! But it was fun. But it was great fun, and it took me a while to really convert. Yeah, it was like changing religions. <laughs> <laughs> you had to learn the the new faith, as it were. Yeah. So I I beat Sonic, and I went to school and bragged about it. And a number of my other friends who were the Sega kids, they had Genesis as well, and they were big Sonic fans. And then we started talking about Sonic 2's coming out real soon. (laughs) Oh, it's going to have this new character, Tails. And then we started talking about other games that were exclusive at the time for Genesis, like Rocket Knight Adventures. Still one of my favorite platformers. That game is amazing. I beat that so many times. And just a, a, a lot of other games. There were a number of kids there that were Sega sports fans. Oh, yeah. And that's some great sports games on the Sega Genesis. Yeah, really excellent sports games. And then there were games like Shining Force. Uh-huh. And you can't get those experiences anywhere. And True. at the time, th- those were some of the best game experiences. Yeah. The Fantasy Star games, obviously. Yeah, Shining Force is a series I've never played that I really want to play. Have you never played? I've never played Shining Force. Oh, I've been go. very tempted, because I do have a Genesis now. You have one now? I ha- yeah, I have a Genesis now. I bought it a long time ago, but didn't have it when I was growing up. But now I want to play Shining Force, because I've heard so much about it. And I've been tempted um, to buy them, but they're like 35 bucks online. And I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Uh, one or two. I don't care. That's pretty expensive for a cartridge. Thirty-five bucks. Genesis yeah. cartridge game. Wow. Yeah, it's with the box and everything. It's complete, but hmm. but still kind of expensive. Yeah, it sure is. Is your Genesis the old design? Uh, model right. one. Yeah. Is it yeah, really it's the original design, the big wide one? Oh yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah. Which I just had to open it up. My volume knob for my headphones and my reset button weren't working. I opened it up and the the volume knob was not even on the volume switch. It was. Smash down to the side, so I had to open it up and fix it. It works now. It's playing Altered Beast the other day. You can tell that was in the golden age of gaming because you actually were able to fix <laughs> yeah. your own console yep. without having a tech come to your house and, <laughs> and paying a hundred bucks. Right. Well, that's awesome. Well, you're finally at least you're making up for lost yeah. time. Yeah. That's good. I would love to hold that controller again. Is it big and awkward compared to the sleek SNES yeah, controller? But sure. it felt like nothing else. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you try and play now, I've tried to play like Sonic on the keyboard and on my Genesis, oh, on a Genesis ROM, and it's yeah. just it doesn't compete. No, that's one yeah. of the reasons I don't like ROMs is because you can't play them with the original control. Although my brother has one of the original NES controls, it's USB. So he plays ROMs with that. That's kind of cool. But yeah, it's still not that, the original system. It doesn't feel right. the same. I'd say that would be as, as close as it gets. Yeah, that really would compete as far as the experience goes. Sure. But still probably not perfect. Because even the emulators play them weird. Yeah. They look a little different sometimes. Maybe even better, but it's not the, <laughs> yeah. not the 
not it's the still good old experience you remember. Yep. But uh, some of my Sega Genesis memories, uh, besides going to my cousin's house, um, I knew a kid that I went to school with when I was in late elementary, early junior high, and he had a Genesis, and I'd go over to his house after school, and we'd play Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, was Genesis, and that oh, yeah. was a the, killer game for ooh, Mortal Kombat. For Genesis. And it had blood. Oh, it had blood. It unlike had blood. The, unlike my version of it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, on the Super Oh, Nintendo I system. played the... Uh, see, I during that time as well, uh, you know, that's when I had converted over to the dark side, as it were. And, um, man, that black console really was wicked. Yep. I felt I gave up a lot giving up the Super Nintendo, but eventually I became a, a staunch Sega fan out of that experience. But I especially, I went to my cousin's house who still had a Super Nintendo and played the Mortal Kombat game. Yeah, and I was like, "This is this is candy canes and lollipops. <laughs> what is this? This is not Mortal Kombat." Yeah, and, and a game like Mortal Kombat. You need blood. You need blood. <laughs> yeah. Known way before then from the arcade games to be blood and gores and yeah. fatalities. Yeah, and fatality, and they just fall <sighs> over? No, come on. There oh, has to it, be blood shooting. I almost got sick. At my, I almost vomited <laughs> just to get some gore in on the freaking <laughs> living room. It was. How was it playing it on the Genesis? Because I never actually much played better, the Genesis. Much better. Was yeah, it? yeah. It was, and you Did had that the make six you buttons want a too. Genesis. I like the six-button configuration better because it felt a little bit more like the arcade, which the arcade version surpassed any of them. Forget about it. That was like the best Mortal Kombat and one of the best arcade games I've ever played. Yeah, it, which will kind of date me because I never played any of the good old arcade games. <laughs> right, like Joust. And yeah, or Robotron, or yeah, any of those. Right. I stood in line the other day um, because. Um, just to let all the listeners know, I'm now a, a brand new Wii owner, Indeed. and I was able to get one the day before yesterday, actually. And Lucky dog. Indeed. And, and you were having the best luck on this, let me tell you. You got eighth in line for the PS3 with only eight consoles available at the store, <laughs> and yesterday you got 18th, 18th. in line. Yeah. With only 18 available Wiis. Yes, sir. Now, how lucky are you? I'm just the luckiest gamer in the world right now. <laughs> you are. Actually, you are. I am uh, sitting in a place with... Uh, I have uh, PlayStation 3 in this very house, yep. as well as a Wii system. Indeed. And of course, I've been the PS3 is unopened and untouched. That's correct. <laughs> it's but, but... Waiting for... Uh, you did get it. Uh, ...to be sold. Yeah. On eBay. But, um, yeah, I did get it. I got both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last of both systems. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't hardly believe it still myself. But I've been having a lot of fun with the Wii console. And um, with uh, the Wii system, when I was standing in line for it, the person that was, like, number 17 or whatever... Um, as we were, because we all went up to the register in different orders, we had tickets, so it didn't matter. Sure. Yeah. So I'm not sure what number he was, but he was standing there forever. It took him forever to ring up the Wii's. I don't know why. But um, he was a true old school gamer. This guy was in his 30s. Uh-huh. He was around when the arcade boom started. 
before Very it nice. started. Awesome. And he was a D&D fan before then. Oh, yeah. This was the... True gamer. The, this guy was core of core. Yeah. And it was so awesome. He had a big-ass smile on his face the entire time. He was still fucking stoked. I mean, his blood was boiling with excitement about games wow. still. And he wasn't obese. like you know. <laughs> and he wasn't obese? And he wasn't <laughs> obese, and he still looked healthy and happy. And he he was just... He does not have a DS, and we were showing him Final Fantasy 3, oh, like yeah. the opening scene on the DS, and he was blown away. He was like, I can't believe they can do anything near like this. Man, I grew up with Atari and, yeah. you know, Pong and Joust and talking about waiting in line for hours just to put your quarter in a fucking arcade machine. <laughs> in a Dragon's Lair machine. Yeah. It just yeah. and he was so enthused it, it was exciting for me just to <laughs> to wait in line with the guy. Even though I was so exhausted I barely keep my eyes open. Yeah. It was still uh, a fun experience just to wait in line with a, a true, you know, elder of games right next to me. Still enthused yeah. about it too. That is cool. So it was fun. And end up getting Twilight Princess with it. Really great. But yeah, that was the, the true era of uh, arcade games. It was way before our time. But Mortal Kombat was part of the uh, reinvigoration of arcades. So do you have anything else to say about the Genesis? Any other experiences with it? That's about it. I mean, I mean, we can jump into the, all the add-ons. Ah, there were a lot of add-ons for this. Yeah, there were like 500 add-ons, weren't there? Uh, closer to 700. 700 uh, yeah. add-ons, yeah. 700, all $200 a piece. <laughs> so it was a little pricey to buy all the add-ons for this system. Yeah. He, but uh, they, I think they were worth it. He had to be all an 700. oil tycoon to afford them all. but uh, I heard not even the guy who made them all has them all. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, there were only two true add-ons, I think. Like yeah, there full-blown were, there add-ons were two, for the Genesis. Two mega add-ons. It was yeah. sort of like a you know Voltron or some kind of Megazord or something. You would <laughs> you kept adding yeah. parts. To, it looked ridiculous. Did you ever yeah. see uh, the original? Genesis, like mm-hmm. the model that you have, yep. with the first Sega CD that fit oh, yeah. underneath it, and <laughs> yes. then a 32X on top of it. It seriously <laughs> looks like a Megazord thing. or something. Yeah, it's insane, because my cousins had all this stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, they had the CD, oh, they had the bastards. 32X, and <laughs> when you Assholes. look it all up, it looks like this monstrous piece of black plastic <laughs> that... With different it looks shapes. Like it should do everything you want it to. <laughs> Technically, at the end of the transformation, mm-hmm. not only do you have Voltron, but you also get a 32-bit CD-based gaming system <laughs> True. with online capability. Yeah, with online capability, all you had to do was spend 600 bucks and hook it all together in this monstrous contraption. Yep, and there's the next PlayStation, the better than <laughs> the PS PS One. There, right there, next gen. You had to assemble the next gen with uh, MacGyver-like skill, but <laughs> you still got next gen right there. So I never owned the Sega CD. I never owned any of the add-ons. Yeah, neither did I. Always obviously. wanted to. Sega CD had at least one great game that I still haven't played, which apparently I need to play. Sonic CD yeah. is supposedly the best so, the best 2D Sonic game ever made. So you say. 
I don't know. Never played it. So I never it played be. it either. I was a huge Sonic fan when Sega CD came out. Needless to say, I wanted it. And I don't think you have to qualify that with 2D, because I think the 2Ds are vastly better than the 3D ones anyway. So. Yeah, they... Yeah, so I don't think any. If it's the best of the 2D, it's the best of all of them. Right. So, I mean, the, the best Sonic game. Um, ever. So it's kind of sad that me being an enormous Sonic fan, yeah. I guarantee if there was a, you know, if Philips or Sony or any of the companies working with Nintendo actually made a Nintendo CD like they were trying to do, <laughs> and there was a Mario game on it, I would have played it by now. Yeah. So I need to, I need to go ahead and bite the bullet. There is actually a Sonic Gems collection for the GameCube with Sega CD on it. Sonic CD? If you can find... Yeah, Sonic CD on it. Huh. And um, if you can find that, I suggest playing it, because I'm going to try and find it. Yeah. But um, I'd like to play the game on the original Genesis controller, though. Oh, yeah, So sure. I, may just tr- I may just eBay it. But you have to eBay the Genesis and the and Sega the CD and Sonic CD. And Sonic CD, which will probably <laughs> be pretty costly. Yeah. But, I mean, it's probably going to be worth it, though. So Probably. I'll check into that. But, uh, yeah, I never was able to get one. Hmm. Were you, obviously... You, obviously not. I didn't have a Genesis. I mean, you, so. It would be funny. You had the add-on, but no Genesis. That'd be kind of pointless. It was advertised as going to be... The 32X was the... Why wait? Sure, you've heard about this thing called PlayStation. Uh-huh. You, you know, even we are going to release a 32-bit system... All that's a, a year, year and a half down the road. Yeah. Jump into the next generation. Go to the next level now with a 32X. It's a big fold-out ad for the 32X. Hmm. Telling everybody why that was the, the shit. Why wait? And it was all about why wait. Go ahead and jump in now. The next gen's here. If you're a gamer, you should have it. So uh, I I actually almost spent the money on a 32X. (laughs) It was like all the savings that I ever had. I kept saving, and I ended up not getting it, and I ended up not getting a 3DO. (laughs) I was going to buy a 3DO. Oh, man. You made a couple good decisions in not buying those things. Barely didn't buy the 32X (laughs) or 3DO. Kept saving, kept Uh saving the money. Uh-huh. Then I was going to buy a Saturn, almost bought the Saturn. Which would have been a good decision, I think. It, yeah, it would have been. However, I, I didn't. I, I decided to keep waiting. And ended up, the money that was originally for the 32X went to the uh, Sony PlayStation. First PlayStation. <laughs> oh, right man. when it came out. That's exactly what they didn't so, want to happen. It's exactly what that ad was telling me not to do. <laughs> but in the end, I'm very glad I did, yeah. did it. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have ever had a PlayStation for years. Instead, I got it the day it came out. I was just thinking about this. Sega had an 8-bit, a 16-bit, a 32-bit, and then a 128-bit. Yeah. Nintendo never had a 32-bit console. Never. It went 8, 16, and then bam, 64. Right into the 64. And there was no other company save Atari. That had a 64, or claimed to have a 64-bit system. Yeah, Atari Jaguar. (laughs) Piece of crap. Was a crappy machine. And way overpriced. But it claimed to be 64-bit. Yeah, which there was some disputing that, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of disputing that. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought that was interesting that they skipped that generation. Yeah, they did. And they still did really well. I mean, all these other 32-bit consoles came out, and 
Nintendo competed with them all the way up until the 64. Yeah. Pretty impressive, really. Yeah, the Super Nintendo, one of its uh, bigger years was 95. That's the last wow. year for it and the first year for PlayStation. In true, in truth. Hmm. Anyway, so, we're not talking about Nintendo. I just we're not that talking about Sony or Nintendo. No, we're talking about Sega. So, anyway, um, never was able to own one of the 32X or the Sega CD. The only one I really regret is owning the Sega CD, because if I'm not mistaken, there were Lunar titles also available for um, the Sega CD. Could have been. I can't remember. 32X, I don't really think I missed much. <laughs> I don't think so either. Sega CD did have some gems on it. Yeah. But just couldn't afford it. Didn't ever have one. The Sega CD, I mean, Sega was, like you said, the first one to come out with a 32-bit system. Mm-hmm. They were the first one to come out with the CD-based system, the disc-based system. Yeah, they were inter- innovating. They were taking yeah. their success with the Genesis and really t- trying to push the market forward, which I believe they did. Yeah. I mean, their their attempts failed, but they really stimulated other companies to say, hey, wait a minute, man, these guys are huge and they're pushing the envelope. We need to do something and do it now. Except for Nintendo, who did nothing. Oh, they were experimenting, though. Oh, Oh, yeah, with with Sony. And it really lit a fire under Nintendo, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is their first real competition. Yeah, sure. Ever. I mean, they they came back, they phoenixed down the industry, and then they ruled the roost for years and years and years, (laughs) and they were synonymous with video games. Definitely. They didn't think, I mean, they had pride, you know it. Yeah. Here comes the Genesis, does nothing the first year. They come out with Super Nintendo, blows everybody away, everybody buys it up, and then Sonic the Hedgehog hits, and then a bunch of other yeah. series start to hit and catch fire. And what I didn't realize, which was in a documentary uh, the other day about the history of video games, hmm. um, yeah. Sega actually won the 16-bit console war. I didn't know that. At the end of the production of the Genesis, and when they finally shut off making Super Nintendos, Sega had 55% of the market share, of a 10% lead. That's amazing. I mean, that's pretty major. Sega really surprised everyone. And then they started to innovate, which pushed everyone to say, hey, we need to do something here. And uh, I think that's why you see a lot of innovation in Nintendo today. I think a lot of it came from that rivalry. Nintendo said, hey, to survive you have to innovate, but you have to do it intelligently. Sega never learned that part of it. (laughs) They never learned innovate, but do it when the technology's fully there to support your idea and it's feasible to bring it into the marketplace and, you know, all these other, you know, logical business decision (laughs) parts of Uh, innovation that make it actually something that sticks and, and people like and buy. They never quite got the business angle, but they were they knew that innovation was a good thing. Yeah. So they, they did it. I mean, you can see it in everything they've done, from the VMUs, from the Dreamcast, to the yeah, sure. CD-based systems, trying to push polygon graphics early. And they, uh, a probably little-known uh, add-on for the Genesis, which was not a full-blown add-on, it was like a peripheral, Yeah. Uh, only released in Japan, but they were the first ones that I know of to actually do this which was an online-based uh, gaming service. 
they had an add-on for the Mega Drive in Japan right, that right. you could stick a modem into and actually play games online. It, and it worked fully functional. And it was fully functional in Japan for a while. Yeah, I'd heard something about that, but I didn't think they actually had games for it. Yeah, they pulled it off. It was up and running. So people were playing online. Yep, courtesy with of Sega. With the Genesis, courtesy of Sega. Indeed. And that was the first time it had ever been done in that console history. That blows my history. head off. Yeah. Really? And we're just now getting back around to that with the Xbox. Yeah. I mean, just now. I know. A full, how many years later? 15 years later? Well, at least. It's crazy. They were really ahead of the curve. But, uh, like you said, I don't think they had the business mind for it. Their, uh, their ideas were maybe a little too early. Yeah, they were just, and they weren't fully well thought out. I mean, there were there were bugs. I mean, a lot of these innovative systems didn't have good game support. They didn't make sure the developers were on board and making good products for it. A lot of it was buggy. Every single person in the world that I seem to talk to who owned a Dreamcast and had a VMU, Mm -hmm. which was sort of you know. uh, a really innovative thing Nintendo thought it was because they basically turned the GBA into a VMU for certain GameCube titles. But the VMU was a great idea, but the two CR2032 batteries, Uh the life on them got sucked up in a nanosecond. (laughs) I don't know anyone who had one last long enough to level up their KO in Sonic Adventure. (laughs) I mean, I played my VMU like twice, yeah. and then I bought batteries like $6 a shot Oof. twice in a row in a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I thought, this is not worth it. And you can't recharge those either. Oh, hell no. You know what I think they should have done with like the CD, the Sega CD and the 32X? Instead of releasing them as add-ons for the Genesis, which yeah. it, it makes it feel like you're kind of getting less for your money, doesn't it? Oh, sure. And they were the price of full-blown consoles. Just about, of yeah, the they were. competitor's console, yeah. yeah. So they should, I think they should have released those as full-blown consoles. Now, they were probably thinking it's a good idea because they can save money because they've already got the guts of the machine in the Genesis. Yeah. And they can just slap something in there. But consumers, I think, saw it as kind of a ripoff. Because they weren't getting this brand new console. They were just getting something that plugs into their old one. Yeah, they probably should have just held back and, um, you know, put more time and effort into developing the Saturn hardware. Yeah. Knowing that they would eventually have to directly compete mm-hmm. in a next-gen console race. Which maybe I mean, they weren't familiar with going to a new system. Genesis um, was kind of, I mean, they had the Master System other systems before it, but I don't think they were prepared for the giant leap that gaming was about to take. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, they saw it heading in a new direction, and they were really putting innovative products that they thought were great and innovative out there, which they were Mm -hmm. to a degree, but it just wasn't fully thought through. Yeah. And um, ultimately the add-ons helped put one of the nails in what was the finally the coffin of Sega. Yep. Sad. Even even after major comebacks too, the add-ons still are linked to Sega's financial <laughs> downfall and ultimate That's a death. Shame. <laughs> well, they're not quite dead, but I'd consider them dead. 
Well, they're just a software company. Yeah. Now. Well, sure, their hardware company's dead, but yeah, that's what I mean. That that was their that their spirit was killed back then. Yeah. Like yeah. They're just releasing like collections and stuff like that. Compilation and the collections discs. are the best things coming out of Sega. Yeah. So but, it's I mean, a shame. Take their new titles. You know, there's a brand new Sonic the Hedgehog out there. Do I want to play it? No. Not really. It's for 360. <laughs> Graphics look amazing. Every review on the planet says the game sucks balls, buggy as hell, not fun to play, not Sonic at all. Did Coming from dis- Sonic Team. Yeah, they didn't dismantle the Sonic Team yet? I, I don't know if they lined up and shot all the Sonic Team members <laughs> and then... And then renamed someone know, else the re- Sonic Team? Exactly, but I, I can't believe that. After the amazing, like, you, you were downgrading 3D Sonics as not as good as 2Ds, which I agree with you. Yeah. But... Have you ever played Sonic Adventure? Yeah, Dreamcast? a little bit. I played it at your house a little bit, and I played the demo and stuff. Did you ever beat the game? No, no, no. I beat the game with all the characters, and while <laughs> not all the characters are fun to play, the game as a whole is one of my favorite Sonic games ever. Yeah. It is great. <laughs> it is so fantastic, lush, beautiful, fun to play, very Sonic, fast levels, unique designs... Unforgettable, and um, so same same was true with the um, Fantasy Star Online for for the Dreamcast. That was fantastic. Now there's a new one. I can play yeah. it on my 360 if I want to. PSU. It sucks ass. <laughs> Does it? Fantasy Star Universe getting horrible reviews wow. everywhere. No innovation. <laughs> Terrible game. Not very good at all. And you would think now that they don't have hardware to focus on that. Some of the production values in the games that they're doing would go up, yeah, and like through the roof. <laughs> you would think so, but they've gotten worse. So that leads me to think that Sega was killed in 2001 when they stopped producing the systems. Cast, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, it's a shame. Well, uh, why don't we move into the next uh, hardware item? Because it's not a console; it's a handheld system. It's the Game Gear. Yep. Which I actually did own this. This was my first Sega system to own. And uh, I don't know why I chose this over the Game Boy, but I did. And I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the Game Gear thoroughly. I had Sonic, and I remember playing uh, Space Harrier. That's what it was. That was kind of fun. That was fun. Regardless of how terrible the graphics were on that, it was... It was still pseudo 3D, so it impressed me. Yeah, it was, but it was badly done. Visuals were coming at you. Oh, yeah, it was badly done, but for the day. Yeah, and it was fun. And, uh, yeah, I remember we took a trip over to some other town here in Indiana. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I'm sure you remember this. Because we were there for like a week with my family, your family, and... uh, Another one of our friends, our parents' friends there. Right, And yes. uh, we had the Game Gear, and I had a lot of stuff for this Game Gear. A lot of different games. Uh, I had the magnifier screen thing, which was this giant... I mean, you think of the magnifier screen for, like, a Game Boy and stuff. It's kind of small and a little yeah, out of the way, but... Very the, portable. <laughs> for the Game Gear, it was this massive chunk of plastic with glass on the front. It was huge. It was probably... Five inches by five inches by five inches. I remember. It was gigantic. It was enormous. Bigger than the system, more bulky than the system itself. And it's clamped on to the front of the Game Gear with this metal clamp, 
And I had that. I had the TV tuner, if you can remember yeah. that. Oh, I remember it. Which was, yeah. I think, a little-known add-on, but it was great. Oh, yeah. TV tuner was awesome. Yeah, you get all the wireless channels that you would normally get on your TV. Yep. And it worked really well. It did suck down batteries, but it was cool when you were in a car was, driving around. It was around. full color. Yeah. yeah. I had a little Watchman at the time. It was black and white. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. so jealous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. But uh, I mean, the TV tuner cost as much as the Game Gear itself. So sure, yeah, yeah it was really expensive, but yeah, very impressive to show or show off to people. Yeah, I had that, and I had, of course, the car charger and everything. Yeah, that was the best part of the trip for me, because I never owned a Game Gear. Oh yeah, um, but I always wanted one. There were a lot of really good games for it as well. There were. I mean, <laughs> I ended up getting an Atari Lynx, <laughs> which uh, oh, I feel so sorry for. Could you. do similar visuals, but uh-huh. had games that sucked mm-hmm. harder than Hillary Duff. <laughs> yeah, but we spent the entire week almost playing this game. Yeah, I played it. I was trying to catch room. up for lost time. Yeah, and you were I playing just... Sonic like a fiend. It was a great Sonic it game. It was. I can't remember what the name of it. Do you remember the name? Was it just Sonic the Hedgehog? No, was it wasn't s- the first one. It was a sequel. Well, I know it was not the... Uh, but I think it was just called Sonic the Oh, like Hedgehog. just Sonic the Hedgehog for Game Even, Gear. Uh, yeah, I know it wasn't the classic original no. Genesis one. It was all new. Yeah, it was one of but the Sonic I'm not though. sure. Was it called... I'm not sure. Yeah, but you played that all week. I couldn't get it out of your hands. <laughs> couldn't even play my Game Gear on the trip. <laughs> It was a great Sonic. I end up beating beating yeah. Sonic. Fantastic Sonic game for a handheld. Yeah. At the time, having a fantastic killer app for a handheld was... I mean, it had been done with uh, Mario Land, but... And Tetris. And Tetris, yeah. I mean, it had been done, but to see something in that... That level of full-color visuals... Yeah, and it had was... a much better display than the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. No arguing that. Nope, hands down. <laughs> Way better. Way bulkier. Yeah, much bigger. Was bulkier. And it ate batteries a lot faster, too, but... Was it six double A's? Uh, yeah. Was it, it six? There were two pockets on each side. And I think it might have been six. Yeah. It was some... Yeah, it was six, because it was an odd number that batteries never come in. So you buy, like, a pack of batteries, like ten, or, uh-huh. or like, eight... And you can't yeah. buy one pack, you just buy like three packs to get an even number that fit in your game gear. <laughs> it's terrible. It was ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days, though, man. Yeah, console was fun, or the handheld. Yes. And uh, Sega made another handheld that I don't know if a whole lot of people know about. I I learned about it pretty recently, not not like yesterday or anything, I but knew maybe about it when a it couple came years out. ago. I heard about it when it came out. Really? Yeah, they had a commercial for the thing. I had no idea back in the day. The Sega Nomad. Sega Nomad. And this was, a, surprisingly, it was smaller than the Game Gear. Was it really? I think it was smaller than the Game Gear. Smaller. <laughs> and it played bigger games. It played full-blown Sega Genesis cartridges. Cartridges. That you slap yeah. into the top of it on a slot. That's insane. And it it looked really good. I mean, it's a 16-bit system. <laughs> and and Peter's pulling up his DS and popping out the tiny little cartridge that comes out the top of it. Yeah, nowhere near the size of the DS is smaller than a Genesis uh, game cartridges. Almost, just about. 
I'm sure. I think this is the size of a of a Super NES cartridge. It's smaller. Probably is it smaller? Yep. I think it probably yeah it is it's smaller than the Super NES cartridge. They have systems smaller than <laughs> cartridges now. Isn't that crazy? The Nomad took full blown cart Genesis cartridges. <laughs> yep. And it not only took giant cartridges, but it soaked up copious amounts of battery life. Oh, I can only imagine to do <laughs> full Genesis graphics portably back then. Yeah. Surprised you didn't have to have a room with a big generator <laughs> in it to support you did. the power. Well, I mean, imagine trying to run your Genesis off of batteries, which is essentially what it was. Yeah, that's what it was doing. And not only run the Genesis, but run the screen, too, off yeah, batteries. Yeah, nobody so. can say Sega didn't try to push innovation. No, they were there. They were at the, they were all over the it. forefront. Absolutely. But I never had a Nomad. Me either. I haven't even played one to this day. Me, me either. I, I am making it my goal to own a Nomad. All right. I'm going to own a Nomad as well. So Man, I'm making a lot of promises. You are. This you have just spent about two hundred dollars. Probably more than that. Probably like a thousand by now. I've set up buying a, a Sega, Sega CD, CD and yeah. I'm gonna a thousand. You no, can, probably not. No. Okay, not a few hundred close. dollars. Yeah. But I'm doing it. All right. A few hundred's not not bad to get all into Sega again. I'm feeling so nostalgic right now. I'm I'm for it. I'm up for what it. What have you committed to? You committed to the Master System. Yes. You committed to the Sega Genesis with the Sega CD add-on and Sonic CD. Not the 32X add-on. No, no, no. I didn't commit that. to that. Don't need that. And you've committed to the Nomad. Yes. You've spent several hundred dollars. You think? I think. Wow. Well, I'm doing all this stuff, so, I mean, don't try and stop me. Well, let's just hope you don't want these next couple consoles, too, because then <laughs> you're going to be bankrupt before you All know. right. What else do we have here down memory lane? Uh, next on the plate is the Sega Saturn, which is another oh, Sega Saturn. console I did not own. I feel guilty about this guilty. part of our segment. How's yeah. that? almost feel dirty. Dirty. The Sega Saturn makes you feel dirty. Mm-hmm. I need to shower off the guilt. And why is that? Let's just say back in 95 through 90, probably 97, I was what you would call a Sony fanboy. Uh. And I preached like... A Southern Baptist on the pulpit <laughs> talking about hellfire against Saturn to dozens of people. I can clearly wow. remember these conversations. I got dirty with them, man. I hit under the, be- I hit below the belt, and just <laughs> tore them a new one as to how their Saturn sucked so much compared to the new Sony PlayStation. And how I couldn't believe anyone could ever be a fan of the system. Shame on you. Uh, needless to say, I didn't own one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that shocks me. Yeah. And uh, now I feel real bad about that because... Um, you killed Sega Saturn. <laughs> I hope I didn't have anything to do with that. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I'm putting it all on your shoulders. You killed it. All right. It was me. Blame me, fans. Blame me. Did you ever own a Saturn system? No, I never had a Saturn, uh, but I did know someone that had one. And uh, it was right when it came out, and I think he had uh, Clockwork Knight. 
I, I played yeah, a little I of that. Play that. Yeah, it was supposedly a good game. I didn't play enough of it to actually realize how good it was. Um, but I played that, and there are a lot of good, really good games on the Saturn, which is why I don't understand why it failed so horribly. Actually, I know why. You said why. Graphics. No. Big. You big. you kept talking down about it. You killed it. Oh yeah. You killed that was it. Was my fault. But yeah, there were a lot of good games like. Uh, <laughs> Radiant Silver Gun, for one, is one of the best oh, shoot-em-ups yeah. ever. Ever. And I think there was an arcade version of it before, but I can't, yeah. I definitely never played that. Yeah, that was a great one. I had a great game in every genre. Yeah. Um, one of the best role-playing games ever made that's very, very hard to find came at the end of the cycle for the Saturn was uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah. Good luck getting one for <laughs> under 100 bucks. Oh, yeah. They're really hard to find. eBay has them, but mm-hmm. pay through the nose. But I actually got to play it. Hmm. And uh, wow. my friend, who was a staunch Saturn fan, didn't meet him until after I'd gotten over being a Sony fanboy. <laughs> and um, thank God I did, because he had a collection to salivate over. <laughs> and I was able to go to his house, and I spent an entire day playing all the greatest Saturn games. Awesome. And man, did that really open my eyes! Yeah, yeah, it had great a really machine good library. It was all about the graphics in '95. Yeah, seeing like Battle Arena Toshinden for PlayStation, and you know, seeing that compared to like Virtual Fighter. Yeah, you know, well, the Virtual graphics Fighter was kind of the big one back in the day. It was, but the original release of it on the Saturn played terribly. Oh, did it? Not only did it look less. Impressive compared to games like Battle Arena Toshinden, yeah. Tekken, for the uh, PlayStation when it came out, but it played miserably. They re-released hmm. it, and uh, there was a big debacle about how they ported the game. Such a huge game, and it was a terrible port. <laughs> so they they re-released it, Virtual Fighter like Remix or whatever. No, oh, yeah. And I'd even heard in some places they were allowing gamers to bring in their first copy of Virtual Fighter and trade it in for the new one. <laughs> it was almost an apology yeah, letter. Yeah, the game has to be bad if they're going to let you do that. Yeah, and the, and the remix? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Really? <laughs> they should. Yeah, yeah if they had done that first, it would have been a whole lot better for them. Huh. A lot of fighting game fans were pissed. Yeah. And they were like, I'm playing Tekken for PlayStation. At least they made it right. But their console died. Sure did. Died a very early death. Didn't do well no, in the marketplace. Did not do well. And There's I'm so surprised. many memories of that I got a game disc. Sega sent me a disc. What kind of back disc? in the day? It was a promo disc, and it arrived in my mail. Went out, got the mail, lived in the sticks, and I see a Sega Saturn promo disc, mm-hmm. and I pop it in. No, it wasn't a disc. It was a tape. I had a VCR. It was a tape. Wow. They sent they sent people everywhere this tape showing videos, and it was so bizarre because it had, like, some bald-headed man going, you are not ready for the future, and the presentation was weird. And then he would show games like a Panzer Dragoon and them flying around shooting stuff and Virtual Fighter and Clockwork Knights were all in this promo VHS tape that I got in the mail. Weird. It was very weird. Did it make you buy a Saturn? Almost. I mean, it was a little bizarre, even for Sega. (laughs) It scared me a little bit. It did. It was like haunting the house. (laughs) But it, it was strange. But, yeah, I almost bought a 
Saturn after that. Wow. Because the games were, like, looking pretty cool and stuff. But yeah. then I saw the graphics on Sony PlayStation uh-huh. and was like, oh, well, that's way better. Yeah. But it had amazing gameplay. Some of the best games were on Saturn. I'm not going to promise to buy one of those systems, though. <laughs> good, good. Not Although that's that probably might, the, cheaper, not. the cheaper of the ones you've described buying. But I might not be saying I'm going to get one, but I may yet. All right, so you you have to buy four consoles now. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly don't have a whole lot of experience with the Saturn because I never owned one and just got to play it very briefly. Uh, so I don't have anything else to say about the Saturn, really. I do remember playing a very notable game for it, but unfortunately it came out right along the side of the release of Mario 64. <laughs> Uh-oh. And also Crash Bandicoot for the PlayStation 1. <laughs> and they were all lined up in a row at Toys R Us. You had three monitors with Mario 64. This is before... This is several months before 64 came out. Uh-huh. You could play the full game. Hmm. Stand wow. there all day, play it, which cool. me and my friend did. <laughs> Played the whole game. And we ate at Burger King afterwards and were just, like, shock and awe. But next to it was Crash Bandicoot, which I toyed with for five seconds and was like, yeah, this is no analog control, this is terrible. Yeah. Then they had Nights into Dreams, mm-hmm. made by Sonic Team. Amazing visuals for the Saturn, but it was on, like... The actual action part of the game, when you had powers and could fly, you were on a 2D plane, and it didn't really touch the freedom of Mario 64 at all. Yeah. So nothing there in the lineup competed with Mario 64, thus it got all my playtime. Yeah. And it looked so much better. I don't think anything competed with Mario's openness and freeness. No, no that was the game of games in 96. Yeah, yeah. But Knights really tried, and it was a it was a really fun experience. All right. Anything else to say about the Saturn? That's about it for me. All right, then let's move into the Dreamcast. Oh, uh, the Dreamcast. The final Sega console. Final Frontier. So far. Maybe they'll come out with another one later on. I'd <laughs> love it. I wish they did. Yeah, but it probably wouldn't do well. No, nah, I would buy one. Yeah, you and 20 other people. Make up for killing the uh, Saturn. Yeah. It's a good thing you bought a Dreamcast, because you had a lot of debt to repay to Sega. Absolutely, I bought it. Day it came out, nine nine ninety nine. No one will ever forget that date. Nope, I won't. Yeah, I, uh, let's see, how many Dreamcasts have I had? Oh, God. <laughs> I were through going through some kind of mental problem at the time. You like buy and sell them. You're like a Saturn or a Dreamcast dealer. Yeah, no kidding. But I, uh, yeah, I bought a Dreamcast pretty soon after it came out, uh, and then I sold it. Then I bought it. Then I sold it. Then I bought it. And it went on like times? that for years. Um, probably Total. three to date. Three. Yeah. Although I just recently bought another one. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so well, four at four least. Now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Dreamcast. What do you say about the Dreamcast? It was, at the time... It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it me, blew me, me away. Me, your brother, and our mutual friend yep. went to a game shop one day, and we saw a preview of Shimu, 
oh, okay. uh, game by Sega, and yeah. the guys were like, oh, check this out, man. Let's see PlayStation 2 do this when it comes out. And he pressed power and let us see the opening sequence of Shemu and all the things you could do in the game. And it was, uh, aside from the title being incredibly dumb to say, sounding like the whale Shamu, Shemu was <laughs> amazing. It was an amazing game. Shamu is amazing. The game ended up being one of my favorite Dreamcast games ever. Yep. I have it home. I have the five-disc collector's edition. Oh, that's a, I didn't even know there was a collector's yep. edition. They had a three, a four, and a five-disc. I don't get the five. What do you get with the five-disc? Uh, you get the passport, and I think you get a soundtrack. soundtrack. I think. I, I can't remember. Special precisely. packaging? Uh, <laughs> if you count a little circle that says collector's edition, or limited edition. <laughs> That's still cool. Yeah, it's cool. Pretty neat that you have that. Um, but yeah, it was a really good game. I still haven't played all the way through it yet. I played a little bit of it, but never got through it. Because yeah, it's a long that, that game. Was, that was a very long game. I beat the game. Wow. I beat the <laughs> I Am a Shemu Completer. Oh, wow. It takes devotion. I At this point, I was at my Sega staunchest. Yeah. And it's nice to talk about this in the episode because it's coming back. All right. And uh, we've got stories to tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it uh, amazed me. When it came out nine nine ninety nine, prior to its release, I, I mean, I had seen demos of it. And definitively, in the year 1999, mm-hmm. there was no better visual experience you can have in a home console. Absolutely not. Um, it had online features. There weren't any online games on launch day, but soon to follow, Uh about a year later. And they had some great online content. One of my online favorites is on the Dreamcast, Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, I know you played that for hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of hours. Wow. Immensely amazing. There is still to this day no other game, even World of Warcraft. That was to me as addicting as Fantasy Star Online was. Wow. World of Warcraft ultimately is has taken more of my time. Yeah. But mostly because you know I'm just a completist and I need to get things done. I wanted to complete things in Fantasy Star Online. That was just so hardcore addicting. It wasn't a persistent world like some of the newer games, but it was great. Yeah. So you had all this in the Dreamcast. You had online playability. It had online killer apps before any other console. Yeah, definitely. And it also had killer apps in just about every other genre. Arcade, fighting, Soul Calibur. Who can forget? That's only... GameSpot, which we refer to a lot, Uh has rated four games in the history of its existence with a 10-star rating. One of them being the Dreamcast Soul Calibur. Wow. I knew the game was good because I remember going over to our buddy's house and playing it. Oh for yeah, hours and hours and hours. Quest modes. Yeah, the career play. or the quest mode, I guess. Yeah, was awesome, awesome. It, it kind of reminded me of like uh, Final Fight, where you go through yeah. the city and fight your way through different areas. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that was super cool. Chris. And the graphics at the time oh were mind blowing. Even today's by today's yeah. standards. Absolutely. Even today, you you would hardly be able to find a fighting game that was prettier than Soul Calibur for Dreamcast. Yeah, I played it very recently. I have it at home, and it still looks great. 
Yeah. It's really it amazing it how well it's held out. Yeah. To the and floor. And the other great fighting games, maybe some that aren't quite as pretty, but man, it had excellent games for fighting games. Yep. One of my all-time favorite fighters is on there. Um, Power Stone. Recently came out with a Power Stone collection for PSP. Yeah. But I doubt it plays as well because the PSP has the lousy analog stick on it. Which, yeah. analog was very important in that one because unlike Soul Calibur oh, really? and other games, it was not on a 2D plane. Uh, Power Stone, That's you had right. to run around a full 3D level, so to have the 3D control was finally important in a fighting game, at least more so than I thought it was in the past. And you could pick stuff up and hit people with it. And yeah, you could use yeah, weapons. Cool. Uh, all your characters, if you gathered the stones, could be able to transform into a super version of themselves. <laughs> I sucked at that and game. Have, yeah, you, you sucked kicked my it. ass every time. <laughs> Absolutely did. Absolutely. I couldn't hardly find a challenger at it. Yeah. Except my friend that owns that Saturn. <laughs> he had the Power Stone. I played him. I was oh, yeah. kicking his ass. But then after, like, two days of playing, he started to he started to beat me every once in a while. He's getting Uh-oh. real good. So, yeah. <laughs> there are people out there that could kick my ass at the game, but I was, at least among our circle of friends, I was yeah, the best yeah. by far, and that made everybody mad at not only me, but the game. But the game <laughs> was not warranted to be mad at. It was excellent. The, uh, yeah, when I think of Dreamcast and... Actually, even more so, Genesis. I think of fighting games. Sega has always been the king of fighting games, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah. even when the the PlayStation came out and you had the Tekkens and you had stuff like that and the Virtua Fighters, yeah. that when they came out with the Dreamcast and Soul Calibur, they blew everybody away. And I'd be hard pressed to think of a better fighter. I mean, I probably played more of like Tekken Three on the PlayStation. Yeah. But that's because I <laughs> I consistently had a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike my Dreamcast, where I kept selling it and rebuying What's it. What's your manic, depressive deal with that? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I oftentimes just pondered you. Yeah. I wondered what was going on. <laughs> Why would he sell? Okay, one week you're like, eh, I'm sick of it, I'm getting rid of it. And then he, I would walk, go over to your house and you had one again. <laughs> I was baffled. I am a man of mystery. <laughs> International? No, just national. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, a great machine. One of my great. favorite consoles ever. Yeah. To the end of time. Shemu, if if there are listeners out there that have not experienced Shemu, get into it and, and go play this game because prior to the options found in games like Grand Theft Auto oh, yeah. and many other role-playing games that offer big worlds with freedom... This game had it, and you could go into your house and open drawers. You could fumble through cassette tapes and play with radios, and you could and go outside had, and fight in dojos. And, and it had the mini games too that you yeah, could play inside the game. Tons of games, and like cool. games like uh, Resident Evil Four, which are uh-huh. pretty recent, excellent games, which have what many might think are revolutionary sequences where suddenly you're running from something and you have to hit a sequence of buttons real quick to, oh, to yeah. survive. Uh-huh. Shimu had that. Hmm. There would suddenly be a chase scene in Shimu where you're running down the street after the bad guy and like somebody drops some shit in your way and you have to, it flashes like the A button on the screen. You have to tap it real quick in order to keep going with the yeah. sequence. Yeah. 
And like games like Resident Evil include it today. Yeah. So it really, you know, revolutionized things. Had well, an excellent fighting system. Sounds like some old arcade games, but but yeah, to have it within uh, this more vast world, right. yeah, is a little different. Sure. So I mean, it was uh, it was really trying to change things. Yeah. And I mean, you could get jobs. You had to make a living, <laughs> and and it was uh, it was just Second really life vast before Second Life. There was uh, voice acting and just a, an immense, you know, fighting system. With well, you talk about Shinmu, but really, there are so many great games on the Dreamcast in all different genres. I mean, there's Shinmu, mm-hmm. there's Soul Calibur for the fighting genre, there's Skies of Arcadia, uh-huh, which you yeah. were talking about the other day, right, as which an amazing RPG. There's my... I, I have to say absolute favorite. I'm even going to put this above Final Fantasy oh, VII in my RPG watch list. Watch yourself. I, and I'm telling you, I think it's better. Grandia 2 is oh, my God. favorite RPG of all time. I will say it right now. Damn. Grandia 2. But you have that? Oh, wow. Then, then the, the genres don't stop there, my friend. <laughs> no, they in, don't. In the rhythm genre, which was barely even a genre at the time... <laughs> Yep. They had Space Channel 5, which was a great game, which we've talked about on the show before. They have had so many games in so many different genres on the Dreamcast. It's a wonder that system died. I don't know why. You know what game came out for Dreamcast? Wait, first? What's that? Uh, another great game, not as profound as some that we've mentioned. Crazy Taxi. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was such an awesome game. That was tons of fun. It was kind of like a pre-GTA GTA. <laughs> Yeah, with the the crashing and the going around everywhere. And yeah, picking people up. Crazy stuff. Just the huge, the huge way area. Arcade, but the, yeah, definitely. The, a lot of play mechanics were similar. It was fun as hell. Tons of yeah. mini games where you launch your cab through shit. Just wild stuff. Yeah, yeah so definitely. the Dreamcast is, or still How is did it a possibly fail? I have no I, idea. It blew me away. They were doing phenomenally... All the game magazines were giving all the games Mm -hmm. immense scores. The game industry was pushing it. They were behind it and said, this is great. And uh, game magazines, websites heralded it as fantastic. It was selling out the ass. Um, It was starting to have an online service. Sega Net was up. They had tons of subscribers. People were playing Fantasy Star until their children died of starvation. (laughs) And marriages were breaking up. It was a big success. That's I mean, how you measure the success of a console. It was ruining families. Yeah. How many families are ruined? How many people die in direct relation to the to, console? To how good the system yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. So, and by I mean, that measure, it was a success. It was huge. Financially, it did pretty well. I just think Sega was in too much of a pit already. You think? With a 32 Yeah, I, I think <laughs> they were Saturn. in... That must have been it. I haven't really researched the history of why Sega actually died, which we will do at some point. We'll get back with our listeners. But, man, everything statistically and commercially said it was doing amazing. And then a statement came out that said, yeah, on the 31st of March 2001, which is right when I was in the height of my PSO addiction, mm-hmm. we produced our very last Dreamcast. And um, sorry. That's it. Bye. And, and we have a very specific experience that is related to that announcement. 
and <laughs> it we were in a game shop, and this was probably like six months before that yeah. announcement was made. We were in a game shop, and we were talking with the clerk about Dreamcast and the games for it and stuff. And the guy told us that in did you he's here is exactly how he phrased it. He said, <laughs> "Did you know that in however many months they're going to stop making the Dreamcast?" And at that time, that was such an unfathomable idea in our heads that he may as well have said. Did you know in the year 2010 they're going to stop making breathable air? <laughs> I mean, it it made no Absolutely. sense. We couldn't comprehend it because it was such a great console. Mm-hmm. And yet he was right. He was dead on. Yeah, I I still I, I that's one of the few things in my life I have trouble believing, even though I yeah. I lived it. The guy was fucking right. We made fun of this guy <laughs> for literally the rest of the day. Yeah, we kept and it saying, kept did getting, you know this crazy thing? Did you know that crazy thing? It kept getting more outrageous because him saying, here we are, really big Sega fanboys at the time, mm-hmm. and Dreamcast is doing the best. That's mostly all our group plays. Yeah. Dreamcast, Dreamcast. And here we walk into a game store, video game exchange, and this guy says, you know, yeah, it's a great system. I just... You know, they're going to stop producing it here in a, a few months. <laughs> and we just uh, lost all respect for him as a human being. Instantly. He was dropped down to, to less than the scum on our boot. We we made fun of him, and man, the things we said. Oh, relentless. We were relentless. Still to this day, we use that joke. Yeah. Did you know? Did and you then we know? Say did you hear that uh, they're going to stop making breathable air in 2210? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd laugh and laugh at how stupid the dumb yeah. fuck was. And we did that for six months until the until announcement Until one came. day I woke up and they said, you know how you love this system? We killed it. Ridiculous. Might as well have shot Lassie in front of me. <laughs> I was so crushed and disillusioned. Yeah. I didn't know what would happen to my beloved industry. I was nervous. I was like, if this much innovation and greatness is denied... You know, and at that point, I kind of felt like I had departed from the industry. Felt like we had a virgence there because it seemed like yeah. gamers were winning, and then suddenly mass market crap decided to <laughs> bowl it over. So no, you don't need great fighting games and great shooters and great rhythm games and adventure and yeah. and online games. You need um, need. Yeah, whatever is a really bad PS2 game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the PS2 is what killed it? Or, I mean, really? It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't it feel like it could. Then. Yeah. Because Sony, they had some success with the PS1, but not enough to kill Dreamcast, Unless, I would think. No, no, not out front. And the game sales weren't as good as Dreamcast at the time. And at the time, the Dreamcast looked much better than the PS2. It did, because the PS2 had anti-aliasing problems and other technical issues when it came out. Yeah. So they were having a hard time making games look better. And even play at all. (laughs) And play well. And at the time, Dreamcast visually was the superior system. It's remarkably similar to what we're seeing here with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Yeah. If you took, um, let's say, a launch title like Bouncer, made by Square, which is like a, you probably never I've heard of it. I've never heard of that. Take that, that and look at it and play it. Or take one of the like Tekken Tag Tournament, I believe, came out for the 
release of PlayStation 2. Go right. play Tekken Tag Tournament for PS2. Uh-huh. And place it side by side with Soul Calibur for Dreamcast. Yeah. And at the end of that experience, you will be butt humping the Dreamcast and vomiting all <laughs> over your PS2. Wow. That's quite a statement. <laughs> <laughs> quite a statement. Yeah, but it's the truth, man. Okay. But I yeah, I don't think it killed it unless somehow behind the scenes something underhanded happened. I don't know. I don't know. It I'll just didn't feel like it had it. the momentum to kill it. To kill it outright. Yeah, I'm going to see why my system died, you know. Yeah, it was, felt way too abrupt. It was. It wasn't, wasn't even a year and a half after a very successful yeah. system was out with great products. But Sega seems to have a history of just killing things on the spot. <laughs> and no slow death like we're going to see with the PS2. Nothing like that. It's just one day. And it's not it's not yeah, very just... long after the release of the console. They just up and decide they're going to stop making them. But why with Dreamcast? Why? We can all say, okay, I can see abrupt yeah. death to the 32 <laughs> fucking X. Yeah, sure, it had no games. It was Go terrible. ahead, pull it one day randomly. Yeah. That's fine. That makes sense. But that's not a console. That's an add-on. Yeah, that was just an add-on that was terrible. Yeah. This was a very successful, innovative, excellent, well-supported, well-developed for pride and joy. Uh, for the gamer and I would think the company. Yeah. And then they killed it. it. Just like it was it meant nothing. And I still don't understand it. I'm gonna find out for you guys. Yeah. Find out uh, for me. One of the industry puzzles that I can't seem to solve. <laughs> yeah. If you guys know any uh inside info, uh post on our forums. Enlighten me and Jim. And you can find our forums at www.gongradio.com that's correct. All right, I think that's about all I have to say about Sega. Yeah, I think we've spoken a long time about Sega. We sure should have. <laughs> all right, then let's move into what we're playing. Uh, oh, these, yes. these last couple of weeks, I have not played a whole lot of games, to be honest. I've played uh, mostly handheld. <laughs> um, yeah. I played Trauma Center under the knife. Bought that a couple months back and never actually beat it, and then I decided to beat it this week. You said you'd finished it, yeah. Yeah. And that game is hard as hell. Really? Yes. I wouldn't have imagined that. Oh, man. How could it be hard as hell? Some flicking the stylus around. Yeah, you'd think with the stylus it should be easy, but it's it's the pace at which you have to flick the stylus around because mm. you are constantly doing something. Whether you're injecting the patient with serum to keep them alive or you're hitting them with the paddles, <laughs> or you're sewing up, they're suturing them up, or you're cutting out tumors. It's it's really a lot of fun, but it is really hard, especially towards the end. It's almost impossible to do really? in some spots. Yeah, but I did beat it, and uh, the graphics are really cool in it because, like, they've got a really stylized feel where it's, it's definitely Japanime, so if you don't like that, forget it. But uh, no they're like here. little little cardboard cutouts that come out onto like a, a backdrop, mm-hmm. and there's no animation. It just they come out, they have a a word bubble underneath them, and they've got some action pose with some fancy effects. Sure. And uh, it's it's cool though. It's really stylized, and I like it a lot. Uh, and it's, cool. it's tons of fun, even with how frantic it is. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes it more fun too. 
It's just really fast-paced. Sounds cool. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that. It took me about seven hours to beat it. Um, if have you're you looking, tried the Wii version? I have not tried the Wii version yet. Second opinion. I'd imagine it would be a little bit harder with the Wii mode than the stylus. Cause you really? Can really? You think it'd be harder? Yeah, because with how precise you have to be with the stylus, I think it'd be hard to be that precise with the Wii mode. But who knows? Could be just good. Yeah, I was thinking about trying buying it maybe. Oh, you're thinking about getting it? Thinking about buying it, yeah. The Wii for version. My new Wii. Yeah. Why not? Because I want to follow up, you know. I just have yeah. I have the pack in. Sure, I've got Wii Sports and Zelda, so I technically have a couple games, but I yeah. just really bought one launch title. <laughs> I kind of wanted at least two. Sure. Well, Trauma Center is probably a good one. It's either that, Monkey Ball, or Raving Rabbids. It was going to be Red Steel until it tanked <laughs> in the ratings. So. And killed your interest in the killed Wii. Killed my enthusiasm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but if you're looking for a really good DS game that uses a lot of the functionality of the DS in yeah. in innovative and really cool ways, oh, who, Trauma who Center. It? It's right there. Awesome. Um, Absolutely. Also, I recently, I think I did exactly what Peter Dragon on our forums did. Because oh. he was talking about on the forums how he uh, bought a PS2 oh, to yeah. get into Guitar Hero. Yep, and uh, right. also Madden. And uh, <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> I went and bought a PS2 <laughs> because I played the demo of Guitar Hero 2 the demo. at a Walmart. I just played the demo. It's got eight songs that you can play or something. <laughs> yeah. And I played those for like ten minutes and decided I'm going to buy a PS2 again. Gee, just so I can play Walmart, Guitar Hero 2. You play it and you, yeah. you invest <laughs> All that money I invested after playing a demo. $160. Holy shit. <laughs> That's an impulse because buy. Demo. It's a great demo. It's a great game. It's a, ma- a magnificent game. Unbelievable. I'm definitely getting it. Thank God I already had a PS2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not so lucky, so I had to buy one. At least you get the slim line. Yeah, which is really Got cool. the old small. style. But, uh... It was definitely worth it, because I've had tons of fun playing this game. Have you game. been playing it since uh, we played it over here a lot? Oh, yeah. We played it a few nights. I just recently got it, like a few days ago. And uh, we played it over here for about six hours until like four in the morning. Yeah, like a couple sections. <laughs> yeah, six hours one night and like four the next. Yeah, and then I've been playing it nonstop at home. I've probably played a total of 20 hours at home, I'd say. Jeez. Yeah, so I've I've played enough. I'm I'm halfway through hard, and I don't know what I'm gonna do when I get to expert because <laughs> these songs are really for experts. <laughs> and I'm sure Peter Dragon knows exactly what I'm talking about because he said he's halfway through expert, which to me is mind blowing. That must insane. be incredible. That's stellar. Yeah, so and I'm gonna be about playing halfway more through medium. We stopped. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was having trouble with those for a while. Oh, yeah. But I went back and I played some easy ones to get perfects on all of them. Yeah, and that's what I do. Boy, they're easy. <laughs> boy, they're easy after playing the hard ones. Oh, I bet they are. Yeah. Similar to DDR, that's how it was with me. I'd imagine. I played DDR all the time. Yep. Yeah, so I've been playing right. Fire Hero 2, and I don't think you need much explanation on that. It's a rhythm game with a guitar. Yep. <laughs> rhythm game, guitar controller. And anybody who hasn't Classic played it songs. needs to go play it right now. Forget it. Whatever you're doing, if it's midnight, find a Walmart, go play the Nemo, because you will not be disappointed. What if you're in the min- middle of playing Shemu right now? Forget it. Go play Guitar oh. Hero 2. You can play Shemu 
Yeah, Somebody play that later. Guitar Hero 2, I mean, uh, that's not going to take up the whole month for you. No. Shimmy will, so, um, yeah, Guitar Hero 2 is a hell of a lot of fun. And I've heard Guitar Hero 1 is even better. The track list is a lot better. Track list, that's what I hear. Yeah. Although, number 2 has some really cool co-op modes where you can play, like, the rhythm and the bass instead of just the lead. That's a cool idea. So yeah, that that would be a really cool multiplayer, which I haven't had a chance to play multiplayer yet. Plus, in the second one, you have great... I can't believe it wasn't in the first one. Uh, an indispensable, I think. Oh. Training mode. Yeah. Slowing down the songs and, and doing it in just certain parts of the mm-hmm. song so you can perfect it. That seems like a flawless addition in this one. That was a lifesaver. I got stuck on hard on the song Crazy On You by heart. Yeah. The intro to that is so fast and it's so uh the Arrange. the finger the finger arrangement is odd. And you have to use a lot of hammer-ons and pull-offs and you have to know when to strum and when to just hammer on. And I, without the training, I don't think I could have gotten past it because I had to slow it down to slowest, learn it, speed it up a little bit all the way through the four different speed levels and finally got past it with like a 77% or something. Wow. Ridiculous. So I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to expert. I'll be in trouble. So that's what I've been playing. How about you, Peter? Well, I am still working on Final Fantasy III for the DS. <laughs> still? Yes, I'm still playing a very good game. It's, I think, the crown jewel of current RPGs for the, the DS. It's... I mean, a lot of people have complained about certain aspects of it, but those are the aspects I kind of are fond of because they're old school. It is a difficult game. Don't get me wrong, it's hard. But only, I've been playing it a lot. The only complaint I had about it is every time I walk in the door, you ask me, have you seen the intro to Final Fantasy III? <laughs> I think if any of our listeners out there have seen the intro to this game, they wouldn't fault me for that. You, I've seen it's it amazing. 14 times, and you ask me every time. You deserve to watch it again. In, I've this, seen it, and it's amazing. But It's mind-blowing. The, the introduction is mind-blowing. I keep watching it because instead of having, like in a lot of newer Final Fantasy games, having cutscenes sprawled throughout the adventure, yeah. they only had enough room, I guess, on the little memory card to do one big-ass movie. Right and it me. basically hits all of the plot notes of the entire adventure. And you really? don't know it until you actually play the game. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Which is why Give every me. time I watch it, it has new meaning. Like, I'll be yeah. like, I just did that! That's awesome! Hmm. Oh, I know that character now. It's not senseless. So that's why one of the reasons. I try, I'm try. i trying to make up for the fact that I don't get those little cutscenes through the adventure. Yeah. But I get them all at once, right in the beginning. So that's, interesting that's one of the it. reasons it's still fascinating to see. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that will explain it a little better <laughs> yeah, a to little you. Yeah, a little bit. All right. can understand me a little more. But, yeah, it's a great game. I have almost all the jobs unlocked. I don't know how they're going to stretch it out, because my characters right now are all level 41. <laughs> and I've played it for 26 hours. Yeah. At least, I think. A timer. And it seems like everything says... That it's a much longer game, but I have access to what seems to be one of the final dungeons. Hmm. Uh, there's several side quests I could do right now, uh-huh. and I walked right into the final dungeon, got killed, my party wiped. So I'm thinking okay. I need to obviously level more, yeah. but I have not 
I don't have access to like the final jobs yet and everything, so I'm kind of weirded out. So I'm sure there's a lot more, but I've explored like two overworlds and like done a ton of stuff. Hmm. Have three airships. And, <laughs> three airships. <laughs> there are three what are you airships. Do with three airships. Well, like two of them get destroyed right away. There's like oh, total okay. like four or five airships in the game. It's ridiculous. They're all different, different speeds, and some of them have like towns in them. And wow. Big airship. Oh yeah, this one is big, but it moves really slow. I don't like the fast one. Even though I can buy weapons, magic, armor, store items, and yeah. sleep for free in the big one. <laughs> I uh, still like the small one because it's fast as hell. All about speed. It's a great game. Still playing that, working on finishing it. And of course, since I just bought a Wii day before yesterday, I've been uh, toying with the new, brand new Epic Apparently epic. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Now, uh... I'll be the judge of whether it's epic. I've heard that this hasn't been getting good reviews from a certain editor at a certain site called GameSpot. Yeah, well, 8.8 is still, uh, I believe, great on their scale. So one might say that is a good review, but... Analyzing it compared to other sites, which are giving it on average 8.7, or I mean 9.7, <laughs> and some perfect tens, yeah. I'd say, well, actually, without a doubt, it is the worst web review of it. Even though yeah. it still says it's a great game, every other site says it's legendary, the best Zelda, one of the best games oh. ever made, way more enthusiasm. But it seems like the reviewer, what's his name? Something, oh, I can't uh, remember. I, I vaguely remember talking about this talking last him. episode. Yeah, vaguely I, I think, remember it. I think we mentioned him. Yeah. But, uh, oh. Hmm? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I believe it's Jeff Gerstman. Yeah. Oh, we may have some more things to say about him next episode. Possibly. Could you be. might. I I know you have a yeah something about him. I have him, a segment you. idea. Yeah. And we might introduce it next time. Just to show our appreciation for how fair he is yep. to uh, one of my beloved series of games. Franchise. Franchises. But what do you think about it so far? Have you played... How much have you played of it? So far I've only played for about an hour, so I okay, don't have so a whole lot to say. I'm, I'm going to, you know, maybe mention it again in this segment next yeah, week okay. and give everybody a, a better, more full idea. But just to let you know what I'm focusing on right now, it's uh, New Zelda, New Final Fantasy. I know you have to have played this. What do you think about Wii Sports? Wii Sports is great. Really? It's uh, it's amazing to me. I know that you, there's limited functionality. Mm-hmm. They're not full-fledged versions of these games. But what a taste of the possibilities to come. Absolutely. A hell of a fucking taste. Yeah. And the first time I picked up the Wii Remote and swung it, the first <laughs> game I played on Wii was uh, tennis yeah. for Wii Sports. Pop it in, and I... I'm thinking this is ridiculous. I'm standing up in my in my living room, like bouncing side to side, ready for a, a fucking virtual serve. Yep. And then it comes and I hit it, mm-hmm. and that's the experience. It's like you don't know we until you played it. Yeah, absolutely. I hit my first ball, my first volley, got it going. And I was hooked. I w- I had a smile on my face. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I stopped, and the round was over, and I had a big-ass smile on my face. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, it's, this is cool. It is genuinely fun. 
Yeah. And I haven't really had that experience with a video game in a long time. Yeah, just pure joy. Yeah. Just, like, pure fun. Yep. Yeah. There's it, no learning controls. There's nothing like that when it comes to the tennis and the just bowling. Feel, it, and it's just what it is. Yep. And it's natural, and it uh, it's so responsive. I mean, things go, the harder you swing, yeah. the further they go, the direction you swing did, in. Did you try any, like, slice or anything? Yeah. You can even do that. You oh, can yeah. bob it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's so, uh, and the thing with it, too, unlike with the damn six-axis controller <laughs> for the PlayStation 3, uh-huh. with the Wii Remote, it still has vibration function yeah. in there. Yep. So when you hit the ball, you feel it. Yeah. You feel the ball go boom. Mm-hmm. You know, in and your hand, and you hear sounds. the speaker, yeah. you hear the racket hitting the ball coming from where your hand is. <laughs> yeah. So there are two layers of realism on top of the fact that you just swung a ball and it responded exactly as you swung it. it it's really amazing, and for all the people that were that were saying, oh, it's the power glove all over again, Oh no, it's not. Absolutely it's not. so much more responsive, it's so much more natural. If anything, it's the power glove. Power glove meets the light gun. No, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound terrible. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. No, no it's, it's not so at all. Much better. Absolutely. So it's uh, it's really impressing me. I mean, in Zelda, it's not as impressive because yeah, you can tell Zelda was not intended to be with the Wii. I mean, there, it's not the Wii controls to my in my mind thus far do not detract at all from the mm-hmm. Zelda game. But it's not like completely. It's not like Wii Sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no. There's not that level of functionality. I don't. I wouldn't think there really would be in a like adventure game like that. Yeah, you, there wouldn't need to be, but it'd be nice to see each game uh, develop for it from here on out yeah. to have that mostly in mind. I'd say. And from the sounds of developers, it's because I mean, my mind, my imagination was opened. Yeah. Once I first played it, I was like. Oh man! If I had a lightsaber in my hand instead of a <laughs> tennis racket or a, a yeah. blaster pistol or uh, this and that and the other, and it's really really fun. Boxing actually is a lot of fun too. I really like the boxing. Game. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. I wasn't too big on the boxing. I saw a lot of possibilities there. Can you imagine a, a full fledged punch out? Yeah, yeah. That would a be a full fledged any of those games would be would be gr- amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the years to come with the Wii. So am I. Hope they don't dump it like Sega dumped the Dreamcast. <laughs> and we're st- <laughs> we're done with production. Oh wait a minute! Wii's. This just in. Um, looks like on the uh, news sites that uh, Nintendo has just dropped the Wii. Sorry oh, about it. Oh man. Oh man, that's seemed to die an early death. <laughs> wow, I, just, I figured it'd last more than two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. No, we won't be seeing that announced anytime soon. I don't think so. Okay, well, I guess that takes us into our final segment, Would You Rather? Indeed. And uh, today's Would You Rather question was dreamed up by Peter. Yes, I came up with this one. It's about his favorite uh, GameSpot reviewer we talked about earlier. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite pudgy punk that fucking gave <laughs> Zelda Twilight Princess an 8.8 favorite uh, fanboy. reviewer. Fanboy. Yeah, we'll see. Well, why? Since this is your question, why don't you start? Okay, let me ask you then. As ask We are finally returning our very popular segment, Would You Rather. Let me ask you this. Jim, would you rather 
have your favorite video game franchise of all time either reviewed by Jeff Gershman of GameSpot, the punk who gave Zelda an 8.8 and was too lazy to play Wii Sports in the video trial of the Wii console, wanting to lazily bowl off the side of the couch and not enthused about the system at all. Would you rather have him review your favorite video game franchise or have his blood pressure? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. I wish I would have... I wish I would have known what this question was going to be because that's... I have to apologize. You hate the man, I have to apologize. I thought I'd surprise you. I, th- I wanted or to have his one- blood pressure. Or have his blood pressure, oh, which you know God. is probably going to drop a horse dead. <laughs> See, okay. Well, on the one hand, we've got the video game, him reviewing my favorite franchise. Yeah. Which would would hurt the franchise in the minds of a lot of people. They'd see the slow score from a reputable reviewer and maybe not even play the games. On the other hand, we have his blood pressure. <laughs> we have his blood pressure. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that his blood pressure, me not having built up the hardened veins that would be required to hold that type of blood pressure, <laughs> I have a feeling it would detonate my heart, my veins, <laughs> throughout my body, effectively killing me. Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. <laughs> so, in the light of that, I have to choose uh, to let him review my video game franchise. Oh. Favorite franchise. I have to. Otherwise, uh, I'm dead. What is your favorite franchise? Oh, that's such a tough... Have I knew you were going to ask me that, and off the top of my head, it's so hard to to talk about. What's one of your favorites? One of my favorites is obviously Zelda. I'm a big Zelda fan. Okay. So, we'll just say Zelda. I don't know if that's my favorite so you'd rather, so keep the, you'd rather keep that 8.8 review of Gersh, yeah. Gershman. He can have his 8.8 as long as I can yeah. have my heart. And then you would have yeah. my life. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you're right. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. When it comes to me on this issue, you know, I really despise that review, but... I'm glad you're here to balance this with common sense. <laughs> with because, death, yes. Yeah, because you're right. I, pro- I mean, what human body could contain the blood pressure of that man's? He's so enormous and sweaty and... Oh, man. And foul. Oh, you're doing this man a great injustice. I know. He's really... I mean, there have been one or two bigger people than him. Oh, no. In the history of Guinness, but Jesus Christ! I mean, I mean, to have a normal-sized person like myself suddenly be infused with the blood pressure of a, you know, what must be a demigod to have a form that big. I just, I, you know, it would be so legendary. It would be like a, 
it'd be a rush, you know, it'd literally be yeah. a rush of blood to the head. For a few seconds. And it would be, you know, so in a way it might be exciting. Suddenly you're, you know, feel like you have enough energy to plow through a small hotel complex. <laughs> but then suddenly when you realize that all the blood is now spilling from all your orifices yes. and, and shooting out your eyeballs... You know, and you're falling down dead of a heart attack. You would probably... I mean, I wouldn't be alive to still fucking play Twilight Princess. No, exactly. I mean, and enjoy every last drop of the great game that it will be. You know, despite the the review that it got on GameSpot yeah. by Jeff Gershman. So, yeah, you're right. I'd probably just go ahead and let him have his fun with my franchise let him fuck it up screw it all to hell and and keep my life the blood pressure would make an awesome scene in a movie though (laughs) oh yeah somebody accidentally got a hold of his gershman's blood pressure (laughs) yeah (laughs) because that's what i was worried about a normal sized person like me i mean i i have a couple extra pounds but i'm not gershman size not the size i'm sorry i hate to say it yeah, you're being kind of mean to the guy, I'm, too. I know, and I don't have any... Ma- I don't feel any malice towards him at all. You're just caught up in the spirit yeah, of my angst. it's fun. It's all in good fun, Jeff. Yeah, from Jim's from me, perspective, anyway. at least. All right, well, I think that will just about do it for our show. All right, episode five. Episode five. Of Power Play. As always, if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, or you just want to chat with us, you can visit our forums at www.gongradio.com. That's G-O-N-G-Radio.com. Or send us an email at powerplay at gongradio.com. Uh, also, we can use more iTunes reviews. Uh, so if you like what you've heard, feel free to write up your thoughts and leave us a review. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. Keep an eye on that blood pressure. <laughs>